Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to the E2C Network, podcast by Auburn fans for Auburn fans. Brought to you by the Auburn Uniform Database. Visit them at auburnuniforms.com. Welcome, everyone, to Stoppage Time. Uh, maybe not the weekend Peter and I were predicting, but we're here to break it down nonetheless. Uh, Auburn added to the two extra categories that we're seeing zeros in uh, so far this year. Wasn't our best weekend, but Peter and I are going to review the games and review what Auburn needs to do to bounce back. So, Peter, how how were you this weekend? I know you got to see the loveliest village on the plains, so you're doing a little bit better than most people. I did. I got to travel down to Auburn. I went to the Arkansas game. I wanted to stay for the Ole Miss, uh, Ole Miss Auburn soccer match, but that was at two o'clock, and I had a six hour drive back to Memphis. I didn't get to do that, but it's a pretty good weekend. It was a uh, we got a football win. Got to roll Timmers Corner. I got to take uh, one of my uh, uh, young guy, sixteen year old guy that's been looking at colleges and wanted to go to an Auburn game for a long time. I got to take him down there. He got to see Auburn and showed him around. And he loved it. So. Uh, yeah, I had a good weekend. My question to you is, though, Drew, am I going to have to talk you down today? I know you're pretty upset on Thursday night. I know you were probably even more upset on, on Sunday night. Am I going to have to talk you down tonight? I, I don't know. It just depends on how deep our conversations get. Uh, I know I was pretty testy Thursday night, uh, Thursday or Friday night, whichever night the game was. I think it was Friday. But, yeah, I, I think we'll be okay. Uh, it's one of those I have trust in Coach Hoppe and this team. So it was more a frustration in the moment, but ultimately I, I think we're going to be good. We're not like those no huddle guys where we get riled up and rowdy. We just tell you the facts, tell you how it is, tell you, tell you our opinion and get out of here. Hey, we still had a historic run and we still have a great, uh, a great record right now. And we'll talk about that tonight. Yeah. So go ahead. Uh, tell us what we have as far as news and notes. And then we're going to do a little bit different format for the games and how we're going to cover those. We're going to have one big discussion tonight, just trying to keep everyone on their toes. But go ahead and give us the news and notes, Peter. Well, after a draw and a loss this weekend, Auburn drops in the top drawer soccer poll to number 22 and the United Coaches poll to number 23. That's a pretty steep drop. Uh, we dropped behind the following in the United Coaches poll, Drew. Now listen to this. North Carolina is number three. They have an eight. Okay, just to remind everybody, we have a nine, one, and one record. I mean, the wheels haven't fallen off. We still have a great record. North Carolina is number three with an eight, two, and one record. So for everybody that doesn't watch a lot of soccer, that's eight wins, two losses, and one draw. Florida State is number 10 with eight, two, and one record. Duke is number 15, eight, two, and one record. Drew, before I go on to these, these last two, what do those three teams, North Carolina, Florida State, and Duke, have in common? Uh, that they are not Auburn. <laughs> they aren't Auburn, but they're also all in the ACC. So yeah. I'm wondering if there's a little bit of ACC bias there. I, but we'll... Yeah, I mean, like I'm looking into schedules right now and trying to figure out this North Carolina thing. They took a loss to Stanford and a loss to Santa Clara, and they tied Texas. All of yeah. these were at home, seemingly. 
Now, two on the road, one at home. But still, I mean, that's just kind of it's odd. I hate that Florida State's ahead of us because I hate Florida State. But, and, and they're at number 10 with an 8-2-1 and one record. Yeah. So, I mean. North Carolina's at number three with an 8-2-1 and one record. Yeah. It is what it is, and I then, guess. If I go on, Northwestern, 7-2-2. Two, and two. They're ranked at number 17. And UCLA, 5-2-1 and one at number 16. That's just because they're both smarty pants schools. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? I know you have to go into strength of schedule. And, of course, you know, North Carolina listen to Stanford. Stanford's the number one team right now. But still, uh, what do you think about this? This uh, us being dropped all the way back to number 23 in the coaches poll. I mean, I think that's a pretty steep drop. Uh, I mean, I don't understand it, I guess. But ultimately, we didn't drop out of the top 25. We're still sitting in a good spot. I think we we kind of kick the wheels again and start winning. I, I think we'll be right back to where we were. So not too terribly worried about it. Man, Northwestern's losses are to Minnesota and Ohio State. Uh, yeah, exactly. Good gracious. And they don't have really any good wins. They tied both of their ranked games. So that one's a little bit uh, a little bit confusing, a head scratcher. But, hey, you know what? I don't vote on these. They don't ask me to. Maybe we, we'll be able to once we get into this high media ranking as soon as stoppage time takes off towards the moon. But, uh, yeah, those, those are some weird, weird numbers you tossed out at me. You know, we have the number one offense, or at least going into the weekend, we have the number one offense. Uh, I just kind of feel like they would take that into consideration when they put our ranking because man, that's just a steep drop. We went from number nine to number 23. I'm sorry, I just can't get over that. I mean, you're talking about our top offense. Maybe they did watch the games this weekend because our offense – did not look top of anything. Um, so uh, who who yeah. knows? Maybe they're just doing week by week power ranking type types voting. Who who knows what they're actually doing over there? Yeah, well that's that could be true. Uh, that kind of segues us a little bit into the games. But first, after a five week run, Auburn had no players in the top drawer soccer national team of the week. Man, I, I kind of hate that record ended or that streak ended. But uh, I just kind of I kind of see why it ended this week. Yeah, that that's that's not a shocker on this end. Uh man, we we made some some players look like they deserved to be in the top draw soccer national team of the week, but none of the Auburn players look that way per se. Uh but honestly, I, I feel like they're going to bounce back pretty pretty well. So I, it was just it, they just looked off. They it didn't look anything super worrying or anything like that. It it just looked like, you know, they've been on this run a little bit tired, especially by the time they got to Sunday. And I think we're going to cover the the amount of games that their legs had on them by Sunday. But yeah, they just looked just looked off. Like maybe it just wasn't wasn't their night. We'll talk about where we can talk about the LSU goalkeeper a little bit. I kind of surprised she didn't make the national team of the week with eleven saves against Auburn. Uh, but let's look at our matches. Auburn number nine. Auburn played LSU in Baton Rouge on Thursday. Both teams played 110 minutes into a double overtime to a nil-nil draw. Auburn had 25 shots, 11 on goal. LSU had 14 shots, 5 on goal. Sarah LeBeau made 5 saves. This was her 26 clean sheet. So I saw that stat this week. That is where we're at, 26 clean sheets, Drew. And Auburn forced the LSU goalkeeper to make 11 saves in this match. And then on Sunday, Auburn returned home to take on Ole Miss. Number 36, or sorry, in the 36th minute, Jesse Giroux turns the ball around the defense and fires away, finding the opposite post and the goal. Auburn takes the 1-0 lead. Alyssa Melanson and Gianna Montini have assists on that goal. In the 38th minute, Ole Miss fires from a long range and over the fingertips of Sarah LeBeau, making it 1-1 all. 
In the 46th minute, Angeline Daly mishandles a ball, and Ole Miss's CC Kaiser nabs it and is off to the races. She she beats Sarah LeBeau to the near post, giving Ole Miss the 1-2 lead. In the 57th minute, Jesse Giroux is taken down from behind in the box. Bree Foles takes the PK and converts 2-2 all. In the 78th minute, Ole Miss's CC Kaiser subs into the match and quickly dribbles the ball through the entire Auburn defense and slots it home for the Ole Miss winner. Ole Miss would win in final time, 2-3. Uh, Auburn had nine shots, six on goal. Ole Miss had seven shots, four on goal. Uh, Sarah LeBeau had one save in the match. Auburn finished the weekend 9-1-1 one, and 1-1-1 one, and one, one, and one in the SEC. So that's where we are. We're about middle in the SEC. I think we're sixth in the SEC, Drew. Uh, Drew, this is kind of my thoughts, and this is kind of when I want to look at both matches because I felt like we had two different problems maybe. I just want to kind of get your thoughts on it just to – to just kind of bounce this off of you. I felt like in the LSU match, we were spot on in defense, but we needed a little bit better showing from our, from our offense In the Ole Miss match. Our offense scored us a couple of goals. Now, granted one of them was a PK, uh, but we had a poor showing on defense. Would you kind of, do you kind of think that maybe offense was our problem in the LSU match? And then defense was our problem in the Ole Miss match. I think offense was actually our problem in both matches. I, I think that PK, we can kind of wipe that off the board. Uh, it, it was definitely good to draw the PK, but ultimately I think you look at that, that's a 3-1 game uh, for the most part without the PK. I think our offense struggled in both games very much, and something you and I were messaging back and forth during the game and something uh, I rang the bell on numerous times last year, and it was just settling for long-distance shots, which – LSU made them inviting. Ole Miss, to an extent, made them inviting. I we we took the bait hook, line, and sinker. So that's the one thing I was frustrated with, and one of the things I kept making comments with is if that's going to be the play style we go back to is settling for uh, 20, 20 to eighteen yard shots, and even further from that because we attempted a couple from very long range. Uh, I would say Auburn's going to struggle the rest of the year. I hope that's not a pattern we're falling back into because the offense explosion we had this year has been for good balls being played to feet, being worked into the box and be, these good one, two touches uh, from other players. I, th- I think we need to stick with that pattern. We can't settle for these long distance shots there. While they may look spectacular if they go in most of the time, we're not hitting at a high enough rate of conversion to make those worthwhile. You know, I told you on Thursday night that when we recorded tonight, I was going to, you know, kind of take it old school. And one of the things I noticed, you know, one of the things we noticed last year, we commented on last year, is Auburn really tried to funnel the offense through two players. And that was really mainly Bree Folds and Kristen Dodson. This year, we talked about our hydro. We got a bunch of players, about 10 players, scoring goals for the team. So our goals can come through a lot of different directions. But I don't feel like we saw that, especially in the LSU match. And I said I was going to kick it back old school. You know, you and I used to play soccer with a Moroccan guy, and one of his favorite sayings was, kick it to your friend. And I felt like in that LSU match, we had a lot of opportunities to kick it to our friend, and we just kind of went for the the home run ball. Is that what you saw too? Yeah, I I did. I I think in both matches, really, and I think you can see just based off of her play specifically, I think we were trying to do too much through brief folds and as great of a player she is, it just looked like she had a weight on her the entire game. I may be completely off base on that, but it just looked like she was trying to do too much. And like, she had so much responsibility when really there, 
there was just a lack of cohesion in the passing. It just looked like everyone was trying to play hero ball. And I think that's a comment you just made, but a comment I also made in our in our group chat is that it just looked like hero ball all around. It looked like someone was trying to just win the game on their own. And you would see a lot of passes that they were trying there was just miscommunication. The the off ball player would go to the left when the ball was delivered to the right and vice versa. And just a couple of missed opportunities, but then just poor balls driven into players that were actually shots from long distance, just not seeing clear cut opportunities, but taking shots and just our deliveries from corners was really off that game. We just had a lot of, a lot of missed opportunities, a lot, a lack of cohesion throughout the whole game. Uh, so it was just, it, it was just an odd game. I think. You mentioned brief holes, and one thing I noticed was I was really looking for her in the first half of that LSU match. I just I couldn't find her. I mean, she was on the pitch, but we really didn't do anything through brief holds. And I said at halftime that we were going to really have to get brief holds involved in the second half to, to win that match. And she was a little bit more involved in the second half, in the second half but, uh, of course, we didn't come away with a win in 110 minutes of play. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, she was dropping much deeper in both the games. Uh, Brie Folds normally sits higher up the field, but you saw her dropping almost into a defensive mid position, picking up the ball, then trying to dribble up the field. And both LSU players and Ole Miss players knew, okay, as soon as number four picks up the ball, we need to key in on her. And they were normally double teaming and pushing a press up against her, causing her to only be able to drive it into the opposing team's player. So it, it was just difficult. And I think that's where other players need to kind of take up the slack a little bit uh I, I just think I think especially specifically in the LSU game the offense was just not a working unit that game there there was just some lack of communication it just almost looking lethargic at times during the LSU game yeah you know, I was a little bit more upbeat about the LSU draw than you were at least on Thursday night and to me it didn't it didn't feel like a loss but when you tied into the Ole Miss match and the loss there Looking back, it feels more like a loss now than a draw. Uh, but I'm just kind of looking forward to the Ole Miss match. I just kind of felt like this is kind of the perfect storm. And I'm not making excuses for the team here, but we were coming off of 110 minutes of play against LSU. Coach Hopper even commented on the heat in Baton Rouge and how the ladies really need to get back to Auburn and recover for that Ole Miss match. Uh, they were coming off their first non-win of the season in a match that arguably, arguably should have won you know, against LSU. And Ole Miss was a bit of a letdown match. Uh, I, even you and I have commented about how we were a little bit more worried about the LSU match than the Ole Miss match. The Ole Miss match was a 2 o'clock match. We've talked about this all season long. It was. I looked at the weather, Drew. It was 88 degrees. But you know on that pitch, it was over well over 90 degrees on the pitch. Maybe you know, over 100 degrees on the pitch. And honestly, in the last 10 to 15 minutes of play, the team looked like they had no energy whatsoever. I mean, they weren't even trying – I won't say they weren't trying. They didn't look like they were even playing defense or offense by the end of that match just because they looked just so dead tired. Yeah, I, I agree. And I actually want to go back to the first comment you were making. You and I both, we disagreed on Thursday night. You said it didn't feel like a loss. I was adamantly the opposite direction. And maybe that's something we can talk about real quick before we get into the rest of the things you just brought up. I, I thought it was it, it was it was a loss for sure. Yeah, it may count in the tie column, but I thought the way we played was not standard of how Auburn's played all year. And it was, there were many chances to win the game that I think we squandered. 
uh, either by playing selfishly and keeping the ball or just playing poor balls, trying to go over the top, long ball, route one stuff. So I, I felt the opposite of you in that. And I would like to hear kind of your side maybe a little bit more. We can just move on. But I, I thought it definitely felt like a loss at LSU game. All right. Tell, okay, I'm going to give you some positions on the field. I want, you to, I want you to tell me good or bad, just good or bad. LSU defense. Uh, average. Okay, I would even say bad. Because we got in a lot of maybe 1v1 situations with the goalkeeper and all that. Uh, so we did have opportunities. Okay, LSU goalkeeper. She made some very good saves, but she was very beatable, I think. We missed some opportunities in that match, I will admit. But that goalkeeper had 11 saves. She did a fantastic job. But, but, but so that's let, part of the reason let, why I felt good about it. Let's pause and look at that, though. Like, her saves were from distance most of the time. She had three really good saves. But out of the rest of her saves, they're all from distance. Like, she wasn't tested up and close other than those. She had the two bang-bang saves. And then she had a, another good save that she tipped over the top of the bar. Out of the 11 saves she made, three of them were only good saves. The rest were just catching the ball, it just trying not to mess up. Well, we we did have a lot of range shots. I, I will give you that. But I felt the ones that were, I don't know, 11 saves. That's still 11 saves. I mean, and she was everywhere. She yeah, was but, always in the right spot. But as long as the ball is hit in the general direction of the goal and she catches it, it could be a pop-up sky high, no one around her. It still counts as a save. So that's that's was my qualm with that. Like the eleven saves looks real nice, but I I only counted three good saves in that match. I felt like also the LSU midfield played really well. They played really physical and they really challenged our midfield and really made it tough for Auburn to not. I don't want to say generate some offense because we had offense, but it, I guess they really frustrated our midfield. They, they caused our midfield and our forwards to pull back more than they have had to. I think uh, their midfield was very good. Their offense was very good. I think uh, I just think that they, they kind of also lacked that killer instinct and in being in some of those positions they were in. I really, uh, I really hope they learn from that match. I think coach Hoppe is going to, and there's not a lot of time to learn between playing LSU and preparing for Ole Miss, you know? So this week they're going to go back and look at both of those matches and hopefully they're going to learn a lot from those matches and, and carry that going forward and not carry a, a loss and a draw going forward, but really just carrying what they learned going forward. Uh, we also have to throw out the fact that, Ole, you know, going back to Ole Miss, Ole Miss is undefeated against Auburn since 2013, Drew. Uh, that, that means uh, we've had some draws since then, but we've not, we've not beat them since 2013. Uh, we drew them on the road last year, but that was another match we should have beat them, just like we should have beat them this year. Uh, we talk about Florida a lot and how good they are, but we have got to find a win against Ole Miss. Yeah, it, losing Ole Miss is just horrendous. Uh, I, I hate losing Ole Miss. I hate losing anyone, but there's just some teams I dislike a little bit more. Maybe that's because you and I live in Ole Miss territory, and so we just not – that, not that I think anyone besides us in Memphis was actually watching Auburn soccer versus Ole Miss soccer, but if anyone did, they would – not hesitate to give us grief about it. Uh, yeah, it was just it was just rough to go back to kind of some of the things you were mentioning about just the heat and 110 minutes against LSU to only come out with a draw, and it's just their first non-win of the season. I think I think a lot of these things were playing a factor in that, and one and another person that was playing a factor that we're about to talk about, CC Kaiser. I think that that game maybe you and I got it wrong and should have realized that as a trap game. I think afterwards you and I kind of talked about CC Kaiser a little bit more and almost forgot how great she is. She is a really good player 
I think we made her look even better than she is. Uh, I would agree with that, Drew. Uh, I was predicting double-digit wins out of the weekend. I didn't know we were going to you know, pick up both of them, but even one win would have gave us double-digit wins. Uh, we didn't get either one. But uh, speaking of CeCe Kaiser, she scored two goals for Ole Miss, and uh, I had forgotten all about her until you did the review last week, and you mentioned her name, and I was like, oh, man, CeCe Kaiser, one of the top players, probably the top player now in the SEC, now that Savannah McCaskill is gone, uh, is now I think she's playing pro now. Uh, but I think CeCe Kaiser is probably the top player in the SEC now. And she scored two goals against us, made them both look very easy. Her second goal, she came into the match. She had she had been subbed off for about 10 minutes, so she had about 10 minutes rest. Came into the match, pretty much immediately got the ball, ran through every line of our defense, and scored that goal. And Coach Hoppe said about CeCe Kaiser's second goal, uh, quote, our response to their third goal was poor, and our response to fitting their third goal, third goal was poor. We should have stopped it higher up the field, and we let one get away at home. That was just really, really bad, and a really poor reflection on our defense. A tired defense, like we talked about, but, man, you can't let that happen. You at least even draw the oh, foul. Yeah, yeah that, was, that was some of the roughest defense. I imagine, as the tape's been watched over this past week, there are some very unhappy players uh, just watching – Watching how she she picked the ball up literally at the center circle where they kick off from, it just dribbled and like wasn't even hard dribbling. It's not like she made ex- a spectacular play or anything. She just did one two, and I think the announcer said it well. She just did some one two juking chops back and forth, and it, it she could have. It looked like almost she walked through the defense. She wasn't at full speed. It was. It was rough to watch, and I, w- I was a little hot after that goal because it just seemed it, it just seemed like we gave that up a little bit too easy. I don't think anything exemplifies a hot knife through butter like her scoring that goal on us. Uh, like you just said, she just made it too easy. She almost walked it in, and I hate to say that about our defense, but I really feel like at that point our defense was wiped. I think our team was wiped, and again, you can't give up that goal, but just to see them at that point and the rest of the match – they had zero energy. Yeah, it, it. I mean, that was definitely. I think you. I think one of us said. It, I, I think it may have been you, but as soon as that happened, uh, we may have both said game over because it like the wind was out of the sails. The it, it looked like at that point Auburn was done because that that was about twelve minutes left, I think, and it you could tell the energy was going down. Maybe Auburn could push for a, a late winner with kind of a last ditch effort but at that point in time you just knew Auburn wasn't going to fight their way back in the game and not because they're they lacked the will to fight but ultimately just because they were they just looked exhausted by the end of that game yeah I agree I saw I saw the will in their faces they wanted to win they did not want to drop a match their first match of the season but they just did not have the energy they were done yeah Uh, and ultimately like we're in the back end of the schedule we only got a couple games left and Let's go ahead and talk about what game we got coming up this week. We we travel to Columbia, South Carolina this week on Friday to play. I think they're still ranked 10th right now, and but the 10th ranked South Carolina Gamecocks, which is always a tough game. Savannah McCaskill is not there anymore, but obviously they still have a highly talented team outside of her. Uh, so this is, I hate playing South Carolina too. I, I'm probably going to say that about every game, but I really hate playing South Carolina uh, South Carolina enters in uh, also with an eight and two record 
uh, with a tie in there, I think. As, no, they're just straight up eight and two. They tied to start off the year in their exhibition game against USF, a team we we actually won against. Uh, but they're eight and two. They are coming off a loss last week to Mississippi State, uh, two to one, and they beat Kentucky three zero. This game's going to be on the SEC Network Plus. I I'm a little nervous about this game. This is going to be another hard road test down in Columbia. Uh, I I'm uncertain. I'm going to have to see how they bounce back, how they respond. I would say getting out of Columbia with a tie may be a good one in this in this case. I'm glad you said that because I kind of feel the same way. This is not last year's South Carolina, the year before South Carolina. Uh, this they're going to be they've lost their leading goal scorer in Savannah McCaskill. Um, they I know they had a freshman I think it was last year and she was coming up. She was pretty good, kind of a highly touted freshman. Um, but still a, a good, I mean, they're ranked number 10 in the nation. They're a good team, but a win for Auburn would be great beating the number 10 team in the nation. That would kind of jettison us up back into the rankings a little bit. Yeah. I mean, definitely if they come out with a win and I think if they play, um, like the Auburn team we've seen most of the season, I, I definitely think it's possible they come out with a win. Uh, but this is ultimately going to be like playoff type stuff. I think this is going to be two teams that are poised for the NCAA tournament and they're going to be duking it out. And I think it's going to be a, a very well-fought game if both of them bring their A game. So I, I think even even if both of them play their A game and Auburn comes out with a tie, I think that's a that's still going to be a good, good game for Auburn. I feel like the mental aspect is going to be the biggest part of this match. Coming off a draw and a, a loss and not even that but just not be able to put up the same numbers the same offense they have in, in previous matches when they put up 32 goals against all the other teams just kind of seeing their their offense the, the power the strength of the team kind of drop off this weekend kind of having to get that back mentally and go and be that hydra produce that goal and and threaten their goalkeeper from all different directions yeah i mean and they're a difficult team because seven of their eight wins have been shutouts and they score a lot of goals too. So this is going to be a, a, a dog fight there in Columbia. Uh, like, like I said, I, I think if the Auburn team that we've seen most of the season shows up, this will be a good match just from a, a neutral point of view. But I think Auburn fans will be pleased if that, if the old team shows up. Yeah, I really hope so. We'll see. Like I said, sec network plus this weekend starting on friday seven o'clock eastern time so 6 p.m central time catch that on the streaming service i think that'll be the only place it's at uh definitely catch that i think it'll be a very good game but that's all we got for you on stoppage time this week peter where can they find you at you can find me on twitter at seminary sugar daddy s-e-m-i-n-a-r-y-s-g-r-d-a-d-y or you can find me on Facebook on the E2C Network discussions page. I'm all there, always there. I would love to talk about Auburn soccer or Auburn football or anything you want to talk about. And you can find me on Twitter at Drew underscore Hoop, H-O-O-P, zero two. Uh, always chattering, always on the E2C pages. I lurk a little bit. I don't comment as much, but I'll pipe in every now and again. Uh, but would love to see you on one of those two platforms. Uh, do give E2C a follow. We'd love to hear from you on there. Until next time, War Eagle. War Eagle.
Before you get out of here, we want to remind you of a couple of things. Head over to E2Cnetwork.com, our website where you can find everything that you'll ever need from us, podcasts, blogs, and even ways to help support the show. If you want to find individual episodes, you can download all of these on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. So until we see you again, I want to remind you of one thing that here at the network, we believe in Auburn and love it. The only question remains, do you?